It is officially noon, which means it's time to remind the good people out there that the lunch hour of the Ultimate Cleveland Sports Show is sponsored by Calling Companies Championship July 12th to the 16th at the famous Firestone Country Club. Head to calliggolf.com for all the information on who will be there, how to get tickets, and what's upcoming. As soon as Greg Newsom is ready, we will punch him up and let you guys know he is not in our queue yet. But this tweet just came across our timeline. Yeah, I and I do this. think it makes sense to talk about real quick what is as we talk about the grand scheme of the AFC landscape. Steve, take tagboard full here. This is from Ian Rappaport. Bills coach Sean McDermott told reporters that wide receiver Stephon Diggs is not at mandatory minicamp, and he is, quote, very concerned about it. Wow. One, it's surprising that he's not there, and two, it's even more surprising that McDermott would say he's very concerned about it. Trouble in paradise. Gotta love some turmoil on one of your competitors. What's it, I, is it a contract thing? It's almost always a contract it's thing. It's always a contract thing, yes. I mean, what, didn't he just sign it? When did he sign a new contract? I'm looking up his deal right now. I don't know. Yeah, it's, let me, it's gotta be. Open up that deal before I get into it. I want to see about. Yeah, I, I'm gonna hold. Saquon Barkley is not in. Not going to a mandatory minicamp for the Giants. Let me see. The Giants would be crazy to give him a long-term contract. They'd be out. So of So according mind. to Tom Pelissero, yeah. okay, who we we like, has been on the show. Bills receiver Stephon Diggs, who is absent from mandatory minicamp today, is making twenty twenty four point four million in twenty twenty three including a $22.745 million signing bonus as part of a March restructure. That's a mountain of dead cap, meaning his contract isn't really tradable from Buffalo's end. An completely unusual situation. What is he unhappy? If he's making $24 million, he's got to be one of the highest paid, uh, not the highest paid wide receiver. They just restructured in March? According to Tom Pelissero. That's who, weird. You, re- I, I, I you agreed to, to a restructure, and now you're – Unhappy three months later. Yeah, what? I don't know. And and you got a quarterback, and you get the ball all the time, and a lot. This sounds like one of those. There's more to the story than. Yeah, yeah I don't. It's a weird situation. I mean, do you like? Do you? Does he not like the coach? I don't know. Like, I mean, I don't. Know. I don't know. I really don't care. I hope the timing is off. I hope all those things happen. I hope you're not on the same page. Every time you get out there, you slip and fall on a banana peel. It, all that. I need all the all the bad things to happen to AFC North teams or AFC any teams because we need all the help we can get. Mm. Yeah, good, good for uh, good to see some Bills Bills Mafia uh, dysfunction. However, uh, you know it'll probably be settled. We got a long way to go before it would actually really matter. But Stephon Diggs has been, you know, unhappy before, right? He wanted out of Minnesota. That's how he ended up in Buffalo. Yeah. But I don't. I mean, he's making twenty-four. Is he the highest-paid wide receiver in the NFL? Got to be one one of. I think. think Give me one sec. Devontae Adams. Probably not after restructure. I mean, it's all it's all how you manipulate the numbers. Restructure is not getting less money. No, but it's how you manipulate the numbers. Right. No, Tyreek's making thirty million this year. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Who, who's next? Do, do I have a list of the top two? Yeah, Diggs is Diggs is six essentially. So Tyreek at thirty, Devontae Adams at twenty-eight, uh, DeAndre Hopkins technically was a twenty-seven point three no, million. No, but that's off the hit. list. Take that out. He's yeah, not so getting that. He ain't getting that. So, but I'm just saying this is cap hits was, heading, heading into the season. Yeah. Okay. I oh, got you. Uh, Cooper Cup was twenty-six point seven. AJ Brown twenty-five point one. Stephon Diggs twenty-four point four. All right. So he's so. fifth because. Hopkins fifth. is not getting his contract. So he's fifth of the guys. And those guys are all great. I mean, so is he. <laughs> I mean, he slotted it. He slotted it. He slotted accordingly. He's according. That, 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 that don't sound bad. That, I, yeah, I mean, I don't know. I mean, he's I a, get it. I, if I'm him, I want to be number one, too. But he's not the number. He's not the best receiver in the league, though. No, but 
I mean, he's he's top ten and he's getting paid top ten right. money. I mean, it seems pretty. It's, it seems fair. I'm not to sure me. Tyree Kill's the number one receiver in the league, and he's number one paid. I wouldn't call him the number one receiver well, in the league. Right now, the two best receivers in the NFL, in my opinion, are Jefferson and Chase. Was, but they're Jeff- both on yeah. their rookie deals. Right. Still. Right. Now that that don't that kind of make you sick? Yeah. Like, do, do, can you imagine being up at night being like, you know what? I'm better than all these dudes. Well, their day's coming. Well, Jefferson is eligible for an extension right now, and then Chase will be next year. Good gracious, that's a lot. Now, I don't know if they're going to get it done. How the hell did LSU ever lose? They, they didn't. didn't. They right? didn't. They didn't okay. with those yeah, guys. Right. <laughs> uh, we mentioned this earlier. Like I said, as soon as Newsom hops in, then I will uh, let you all know. But we Cheaters. mentioned going to the USFL game to see Boogie play this past weekend. Jason spoke about his son and AJ yeah. and Sebastian, AJ being a supersized 12-year-old, 13-year-old. We have the picture uh, just for proof now. These kids are the same age. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, come on. That's yeah. absurd. Yeah. Hey, bro. Yeah. The he's only, a beast. Hey, the only, re- only reason he's not kicking ass and taking names is the kindness of his heart. There's nothing them kids can yeah. do with him. He wears a size 12 shoe. He just, he could go Jeez. to. He, How tall is he? 5'7"? Yeah, he's taller than me. What are you? Like five nine, he's probably five ten. You're not five nine. Yes, I am. Are you taller than me? Probably. If you're not hey. five nine, I am. I'm hey, five eight. Hey, McNuggets. Hey, he who's got taller, it. me or Jason? Probably Jason by a smidge. Jason, really? Jason, you got about oh six months. AJ gonna be waking up. What you mean you ain't giving me allowance like that? <laughs> what you got on my? He's 40? never played football. He's played football <laughs> for the first time this fall. All right. What you got so, in these kicks? We'll see how that goes. Jays. I don't. I mean. I, I should probably start. Gets it. Your wife's not tall either. No, I should probably swab the mailman. You you see you see my parents, right? Sense. Yeah, that's true. Your parents. I don't know where Your I mom came. Mom is kind of tall for a woman, though. She's decent size five. Your six. dad's not big. He's not tall and at all. all. Three of you, you, you and your two brothers are all huge. Shout out to the milkman. <laughs> is there still a milkman anywhere? No, I don't understand how, how, like, how did that ever go down? Yeah. You trusted somebody to bring you open pasteurized milk mm. and, and put you, it in your, in your little milk door. That, listen, maybe that is when they talked about making America great, where you could trust somebody who would not drug you in your milk. <laughs> <laughs> like that's never happened again. Oh I ain't eating that. <laughs> All right, Mikey. So we're still waiting on Greg Newsom, but we have a few minutes here. We're gonna do this for overtime. We're uh, calling audible in overtime. But the oh, Nuggets yeah, last night, yeah, clinched their first ever NBA championship. Yeah, Miami made it close. They fought to the end, but in the end, Jokic, Murray, and the rest of the Denver Nuggets were too much. Do you, let me guys ask you guys this on the on the from the. It's probably unfair to start with the with the Heat. But had, like, Jimmy Butler caught fire right at the end of the game. Sure did. That gave them a chance. Right. If he, Because he was having an all-time terrible game seven yeah. before that. He yeah. made two points. baskets. He had, like, eight points. If he had not gotten that little hot streak, even though they lost, like, would he even get killed today? Is he still getting killed? Like, what, what's your take on that? Well, no, he's not getting killed. I mean, he had a bad game. It happens. But... Yeah, but when you're the star of the team, you can't have a bad game seven. Well, they're still human. I mean, I've I've never put Butler in the conversation of there you go. LeBron and there, Michael. Yeah, there you sure, go. you know, not. like yeah. there so you go. there there's tears to this. Different standards. All right, yeah, fair enough. so yeah. he's gonna have bad games. Now he's been remarkable in this playoff run. Yeah, and you know, good for him. And that's yeah. the Heat are where they are because of Jimmy Butler. But he's not an all-time great, as far as I'm concerned. He's just a, a very right. good player. Jimmy Butler told you that there's a podcast. I think he was talking. I don't know, forget who he was talking about. You know, every player got a podcast now. So he yeah. was, he's talking. He That's says, the truth. Uh, right. <laughs> so he's like, yeah, he's like, 
I didn't, I never expected to be in an NBA. He's like, I, I, like I was at Marquette and I'm like, I don't even know how I'm here. Like, you know, so I didn't even like, I wasn't even a guy who I even thought was going to be a, a factor. So now that I'm here, I got here and he said it finally just, it dawned on me one day when he was in Chicago, like yeah. playing against Derrick Rose. Cause he used to say, I used to watch Derrick Rose and be in awe and be like, how is that guy this good early yeah. on? And then he started competing and competing, doing his thing. But Jimmy Butler, to Jason's point, I, I don't think he, he's played over his, his I, I think, talent level. He's willed them to some games, but I've never put him in that level where Jimmy Butler is is a Kobe or even a Dwayne Wade or a LeBron that could just like no, I'm like this one, this what we gonna do. But it was a great game. I mean, I, I was. It was a I, terrible game, but a fun game to watch. Okay. Neither team made shots, but it was entertaining. I, I get what you said. The energy it, level was That's high. what I meant. Yeah. It was a very – you're right, fair. But some of that was great defense, Mike. It was. Yeah, yeah. And but I, teams... I mean, the intensity of yeah. that fourth quarter, yeah. first of all, kudos to the, the fans that were at that game. The crowd was just on Phenomenal. Fire. And the both teams, like, were panicking at times. There was some really terrible passes. But it was exciting. Did you, did you guys notice that the Cavs were trending? Uh, after the game, I did not. In the Cavs, they there was trending after the game because people was like, "We got to get this roster together. We we don't got that. Like we don't like like just for the simple fact when you look at both of those rosters, I'm not going. Don't go. you think the Cavs roster is way better than Miami's? It is. It is. So but, I, but but they don't play the same. No, that's true. They they don't have the same attention to detail. The they Cavs don't, are soft. They don't have the same physicality. They don't have the same sets adjustments. No, they like they got a great coach. Like they don't have the same mindset. Miami won't go away. My like Miami plays the same. If they was at a playground, Miami would play the same way against bums on a playground. But they play the same way against one of the best teams in in Jokic. They hang in there. They the Cavs Cavs just don't have that. Jokic was was outstanding. Crazy. Uh, He was great down the stretch. Bruce Brown. Big, Bruce Brown. Bruce hit Brown that big shot. My lord. How about that play when um, when Michael Porter Jr. The ball kind of like he kind of lost it and it went between his legs and then he laid it up. Remember yeah. that play? Yeah, they they got contributions all over and, and Bull. One thing that you've said consistently since yeah. the end of the regular season and start of the postseason, I want to emphasize here. Yeah. And it's a sad thing. I, I I don't have any pleasure or take any pleasure in saying this, but. I'm going to give you two numbers that prove the regular season's completely irrelevant now. Yes, it is. One, yeah. on the road this year, Denver, who won the title, yeah. went 19-22 and 22 away from home. Right. They just didn't really care. They didn't try. Nope. Doesn't matter. And then you just referenced the phenomenal defense from both teams in this game, right? In the regular season, Denver defensively, Ranked 18th. Miami, ranked 13th. Yeah, I, I said it once. I said it once. I'll say it again. I admit it's a slight dereliction of duty on my part. I will not watch NBA regular season ever again. You mean you're, gonna, you're not going to watch it? You, you're just going to watch it and disregard it, right? No, I'm not going to watch it. So you're just going to tune out? You're just uh, I'm like, out. I'm just I mean, not. It's, it's, it has, it's, it. It's like watching pre. It's like watching a spring training baseball. It's game. like watching college basketball. It's like watching right. It's irrelevant. <laughs> Ooh, that's a. Although Mike's my my college my favorite college basketball team for the first time in twenty years is going to be relevant this year with Rick Pitino. Hey, college basketball is trash. 
it is. College basketball is unwatchable. I, 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 listen, I don't pay to sit here and watch college guys pass the ball around the perimeter and reset an offense and and, and the announcers talk about how great the coach is. Oh my gosh, just Tom Izzo and what he's done. Just shut up. Listen, there's no athlete. You sit sit there taking charge of why you got 75 assistants fighting each other to put the little stools out. Hold on. Get it. Hey, (laughs) put the stool out for coach. Put the stool. Get the stool. They got Bro, these guys. Now, the NBA, there's people watching because it's great athletes, exciting. But the players have been telling you for years that they don't care about the regular season. That's right. They don't. They they take days off whenever. They don't care. So I, in protest, will not watch regular season NBA. The only way to make the regular season matter is to reduce the number of teams that make the playoffs. That's the only way. Right. And then they got to figure out a way to uh, recuperate the income or the revenue that yeah. that would generate. But, I mean, cut it down to Top six four. or even But they four. don't have to do it, Jason, because I'm in the minority. A lot uh, of young fans like watching. I don't know. We'll see. I don't know. I, we'll I, I think I bet you the slippery slope. Not that I care. And, again, I've said this before. I don't care, but I bet the ratings for the finals not, were It's terrible. not reducing games. That's not the. That's not going to solve anything. I've talked to people in the league about this. I, yeah. Like, you reduce it from 82 to 72. Okay, well, so you're, still gonna gonna <laughs> you're still going to sit 10 or 12. You're still going to sit 10 or 12 Let me see. It doesn't matter what number. The, the games don't matter when half the league makes the playoffs. Right. It, it doesn't matter how many games you're playing. It, it's uh, reducing the amount of teams that make the postseason is what's going to make these guys play hard in November, December, January, February, and March. I want to ask you this. Um, two players. Um, usually after the, the you know, because I'm Duke and Dietrich, and um, I do set my Duke and Dietrich reactions and rankings way too early. Yep. So I always adjust, right? So you, you look at two players. Murray and Joker after this series as we reshuffle the deck where are they at is Joker the best is he now now I'm the best player in the league it's undisputable I don't even I don't even that's a fence rider question tomorrow a little right I don't even know how it could be I mean is it even who could you make an argument for right now well I'm saving the question for tomorrow when we have someone else sitting in Jason's chair who I think will argue for one member of the Milwaukee Bucks well, oh my God! Well, man. we're gonna be well. We're gonna ask Jason today. Is he? I, I, I yeah. To me, he's the best. He should have won this year. He okay. should have won the MVP this year. He should have been a three-time winner. He only lost because of Kendrick Perkins. I'm completely I wouldn't convinced say of that. Only, no, I think that played a role. I don't think that's the only reason why. But I told you last week. I thought he was better than Bird. Like he's in my damn. Yeah, that is crazy. It, it, and this ring will mean more to Jokic than it will to Murray in terms of legacy. Yeah. Yeah. Like. You know, if you're gonna be an all-time great, you gotta have a ring. Dems the rules. Especially you think Jokic in the NBA. cares? No. No. He, did, did you hear his answer? Uh, the post game with Salters. No. Did you hear when he's at the podium? This was hilarious about the parade. Yeah. yeah. So tomorrow's top five. Yeah. And I didn't want to get into it today because Greg Newsom was supposed to be on. We're still working on getting him on. Gilbert Arenas is coming on in 15 minutes. But yeah. it's the five guys who don't give a crap about anything that comes along with winning or being a superstar. They asked him in the post-game interview room, the press conference, are you excited for the parade? And he looks at the PR guy in the Nuggets and goes, when's the parade? And the PR guy goes, Thursday. He's like, ugh, I got to get home Thursday. And the PR goes, you could just go home Friday. He's like, okay, fine. <laughs> Jokic wants nothing to do. Play the video again. If you guys didn't see this, we played it. It's fine. Take, take the this tag is board. Funny. This is him in the locker room after winning the championship. <laughs> We'll just watch it over. Everyone else is so, he's just like I've never uh, seen a less excited champion. Yeah. Look at Yay. his face. <laughs> pause. Pause. Yes, yes, yes. Uh, By the way, his, his his shout out to his cute little kid. 
his kid had the same expression the whole time as they showed his wife and yeah. kid. His kid was just like, I'm so not excited about this. Did you hear what when he, Lisa Salter said? What does it feel like to be a champion? He, ba- I can't remember the exact words, but he was basically like, we've done the job. Now we can go home. Now we can go I home. I mean, like, yeah. this guy don't seem to care. He obviously does because he plays great. Yeah. But he man. doesn't seem to care about the accolades at all. I don't. I may, maybe it's all phony, but well, I, I don't know. Jimmy did a Butler did a sit down with uh, uh, NBA TV, where he said if he was inducted in the Hall of Fame, he wouldn't go. Like, and I think that's a little yeah, crazy. Yeah. But he was trying to portray the same thing of right. he doesn't care about individual accolades. Right, He's right, all about right. team. Da 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 da. But I mean, Jokic may not go. Yeah. <laughs> we have the sound. He'll be home. Like, He'll be in. I Serbia. just tried to explain it. Uh, Steve, you could take and play full sound full. Anthony. Feel this more. is Jokic. So about I'm curious what you are feeling right now, and if you're looking forward to a parade coming up in Denver. When is parade? When is parade? Thursday. No. <laughs> I need to go home. I'm <laughs> okay. Uh. Um, you said after the Lakers. <laughs> That's it. And then the follow-up, which is not in the clip, is someone explains he can go yeah. home Friday. He's like, so, so when you say go home, fine. like, is he talking about Serbia? Serbia, Serbia. okay, yeah. yeah. He just, uh, I mean, if unless he's the greatest actor we've ever seen, I don't think he gives a crap. No, it's no, I he don't doesn't. Think it's an act. I don't. Think I it's mean, an act. so how's he so good? If he doesn't care about anything, why does he play so great? I mean, generally speaking, in certain countries where there's a lot of things going on, yeah. like. You've seen a lot. You've learned a lot. You're like, well, let right, me just you, go to if, crib. if it was that unimportant, then I feel like well, he, he wouldn't be as well, great as he is. doing media has nothing to do with you as a basketball player. Right, and, right. And That's the, separate, right? You know what I mean? Like, because you have this unbelievable gift and skill yeah. to do one thing, the media and the parade and all the PR and all that is complete. There's a lot of guys who are phenomenal at their craft yeah. who want nothing to do with me right. and us. And that's fine. fine. No, 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 that's fine. Yeah. I get it. But I'm saying he doesn't seem excited, though. Like, you, well, introvert. Even in, even in the celebration, that was a good tweet by SB Nation. Can you put that back up, Mike? The champagne? Yeah. The champagne squirt? No, not the champagne squirt. The, this tweet by SB Nation, but based on the champagne squirt here. Uh, Jokic just won finals MVP and is wandering around the locker room like a guy who just showed up at a party where he knows no one. <laughs> I mean, it's weird. And with that, oh, we got Greg Newsom. We have Greg Newsom. So we'll continue the uh, yeah. NBA talk in a sec. But what's up, Greg? How you doing, man? Good. How you guys doing? Good, Greg. We, you know, we were talking about baseball before. And speaking of baseball, you know, similar. You guys have the big softball event going on. G- give us the, the details on that and who, who we can expect by, besides yourself to be playing in this charity softball game. Yeah, so um, I got a charity softball game coming June 24th. Um, super excited for my first annual one. We got a bunch of guys playing, a bunch of guys from the team in like Denzel Ward, Grant Delpit, uh, DeAnthony Bell. We got a new rookie, Emmanuel Forbes, first round corner, um, Alante Taylor, Martin Emerson. Um, Quiddy Pay, Paul Bowles and Anthony Bell, Nick Chubb, David and Joku. It's nice. a bunch. It's a bunch. A bunch of guys. And I it's hard Juan, to remember everybody, but I know Juan Thornhill, your new safety, is going to be there. He's one of the many, many new members of the defense. A lot of new guys on the defensive line, especially. What's your thoughts on you know all the new players on defense and how it's going chemistry-wise so far? 
Man, I'm super excited. Um, you know, especially a guy like Juan, who, you you know, obviously has been and won a Super Bowl. Um, you know, he knows what it takes. So we're super excited to have them, have him there. Um, and, you know, just the chemistry that, that we all have so far. You know, we've hung out multiple times with each other. Uh, we're doing stuff outside of the building. Um, and then obviously, you know, with the D-line guys and everything like that, I just feel like, we have the pieces to make like a perfect puzzle. You know, Greg, you know, you, you know, you coming out of Northwestern and, and now you've been in, in the league, you know, going on three years now. Um, the, the, the media and fan base in Cleveland is a really, I would get, I would, I would say they're very overzealous. They're excited. They, they give you a bunch of attention. They, they, every move you make is just boom. Like they there. Have you found out? Have you found that like, you know, you when you got here, you're like, man, I didn't think the Cleveland, I didn't think Cleveland's fans was that passionate and all over everything that we do. Have you kind of found it like a, a whirlwind, like in the off season about about a bunch of other things going on, and, and how you've kind of actually been in the spotlight a lot for better or worse during the, during the off season? Oh yeah, I do. Um, I definitely figured that out very early, um, <laughs> and obviously in the off season, I figured that out too as well. I had some of my media guys talking to me, uh, but you know, obviously, I was just you know very frustrated. Obviously, I want this team to succeed so well, you know, so bad. So, just super frustrated and things like that. But I definitely was able to see very early, you know, how really like how passionate, you know, these fans are. You know, I'm out in Arizona training, and you know, I didn't walk around with a Browns hoodie on, and a bunch of people knew exactly who I was. So. You know, Browns fans travel deep out here, too. Greg, can you put to rest once and for all the debate over the slot and how comfortable you are there if you're if you're okay playing there? There was the tweet where it made it seem like you didn't want to play there. Then you said you're okay with it. Where are you with this, and where do you expect to be on the field in September? Yeah. Um, so, like I said last year, um, I was playing slot, but I felt more or so a linebacker. Um, like I feel like we weren't – the scheme wasn't fit for me to be in the slot. I have no – I don't really care about playing slot that much, especially in this new scheme that we have. Obviously, I would still like to get reps outside and do, you know, do both. Um, but, you know, I see myself definitely playing inside, playing outside. Um, and, you know, whatever matchup di dictates, I think Jim Shorts has done a great job and, you know, we've had countless conversations um, we're going to kind of do it based on matchups and things like that. Um, but I definitely see myself playing slot for sure. Um, and I definitely see myself playing outside as well. well let me let me piggyback on that. Like, I think a lot of uh, some of the viewers, you know, Tyvis Powell is a defensive back. And we, 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 he was explaining was when you are in certain schemes, when you are a nickel and you're playing in a slot, you have heavy responsibilities in some scheme for run fits, you have a heavy responsibility in terms of blitzing and, and blocking and where you fit in the run game. Um, so in, in last year, was that the case in Joe Woods defense? It was a really more of a, a you know, a, 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 a run style corner where you, you had to really be involved, putting your body out there a lot. Is that a difference between this, this, this scheme with um, Schwartz and, and with Joe Woods from last year? Yeah, it's, it's a complete difference. I mean, I feel like last year I was in a run fit probably 65% of the game. Um, and obviously, I'm not 
and I'm able to cover very, very well in the slot, and I can make a few tackles. But being in a, you know, <laughs> being in a run fit, you know, majority of the game, that's just what I feel like they didn't draft me to do. Um, so, you know, I was just felt a little frustrated doing that. And, you know, in this new scheme, you'll see how our D-line plays so aggressive. Mm-hmm. I'm yes. not going to – my run, you know, my, my run responsibility is going to be so limited, which I'm exactly okay with. Like, I'm okay with that now. So, talking to Schwartz, playing in a new scheme, you know, I feel comfortable. Wherever he puts me, I'll be able to make, you know, make plays. And we'll set the record straight on this too, Greg. You – because – because obviously it came up again. Somebody said, Greg Newsom wants to be traded. You said, you responded on Twitter saying, this is crazy. I just set up my charity event. I want to be, you're happy. You want to be here. You want to be part of the future of this franchise, correct? Oh, hundred percent. Yeah. I want to be, you know, I want to be one of those players. I said it before, like that plays in you no know, one place the whole entire time. Like the amount of support that I've gotten for the fans and everything like that. There's no way I want to be traded for, for sure. It's not a chance. The Browns put it out there, Greg, that you and a couple other players got got robbed recently. Uh, can you tell us about this? Are you okay? I assume. Like, what 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 happened? Yeah, um, no, I'm okay. First thing, obviously, it took a lot, you know, for me to get back to being okay. Um, you know, just obviously, got got to move smarter. You know, it was late night um, with our guys. Actually, I was about to go outside and drive home, but you know, one of my friends said, no, you can't drive. So I didn't drive. Um, my friend was going to pull up the car. Um, and then when they come back, they were going to pick me up from the front. Um, you know, obviously when they came back to the front, you know, everything was gone. So <laughs> that's just kind of what I remember. Yeah. Luckily, thank God I wasn't outside to, you know, be held at gunpoint. But no, definitely just still a, you know, a scary moment. Um, but, at the, but at the end of the day, I feel like you know, that moment makes me realize, and it, and it happened for a reason, makes me realize, you know, stuff that is important was not important. And, you know, just at the end of the day, no matter how regular us athletes want to be, we're not at the end of the day. So, you know, you got to carry yourself that way and you got to move that way. You think you guys were targeted specifically, like whoever did this, like they were after you specifically? Yeah, I think I think so. Yeah. Um I think uh, my my friend Demetri got his you know car taken yesterday, taken the um, day before. So mm-hmm. I definitely feel like it was a targeted thing. Greg, just, to I, be, just to be clear yeah, though, so you were not held at gunpoint. Is that accurate? Yeah. No, I was not held at gunpoint. Okay, okay. Greg, just to be so so we're talking with Greg Newsom, obviously. Greg, I, you know I've said on this show, and I, I got to say it to you because I've said it when you're not here, that I've heard from people I know. I got people out there that say you're you're out in the club quite a bit now in the offseason, especially it is what it is. Is is this situation? First of all, is that fair? Do you think you're out too much? Do you think you're out a normal amount? Do you you know like is this happening during the season, or is that unfair? Or will this what happened in this incident maybe keep you home more? I don't know. What do you think? Um, honestly, I don't think I'm out too much um, during the season. You know, I'll go out here and there depending on the, you know, time. But obviously this situation has definitely, you know, helped me out and things like that because that's something that, you know, obviously as you get older and things like that, I've talked, you know, to many vets as you get older, that stuff is going to have to start minimizing. You know, you got to find a way, you know, to, to cut that out a little bit more and keep your body healthy. So I don't think it's fair. I just think, 
as open as I am as a person, as outgoing as I am, as friendly as, you know, as a guy, you know, I'm able to talk to a lot of people. So a lot of people see my face yeah. versus guys, you know, who do go out during the season and it's more yeah. private. So you don't, so you're not able to see as much. So I feel like that's just me as a thing, but obviously a situation like this has definitely, like I said, alarmed me. Like I can't be the same as how I was. Right. Like obviously still be friendly and things like that, but I got to move a little bit different because obviously it was a targeted thing towards me and my teammates. Yeah. Uh, so yeah. I definitely feel like that's how it is. And that's good that you're a man of the people and you know, play, fans, fans like the fact that you're, you, you're not, you'll say hello. You'll, you'll hang with them. I've seen you in high school football games before. I know that's a thrill to the kids. Yeah. yeah I mean that, that's cool. stuff like that, that. That is a good thing. So hopefully you don't have to change that part of it, but yeah, I mean, I, Man, I, if you got when when you're young and you got money, people people gonna target you. Unfortunately, you you know I, I'll just say this. You know, coming you know from just being an African American and just being a black young dude at one point in time, you know, you know I, I listen to hip hop music all the time, man. Like you know some of my you know the guys I look up to, the pop pop smokes of the world. Um, you know what I'm saying? Just guys that it's so many people that have been killed. You know what I'm saying? Even even talk about uh, you know Chicago drill rappers. It's like a lot of times you don't understand it, and, and it takes time to get to that point where you there's a realization where you're just like, man, I'm not normal no more. Like I'm not, I can't, I'm not me. I can't move. And it's it's crazy because there's a lot of people in this world that can move that way. And, and it's like a realization that, wow, even, and I'm nowhere near, even myself, like sometimes I'm like, you know, people come up to me and say, hey, what's going on? And you don't even expect to talk to nobody. I couldn't imagine what it is to be a young, affluent dude, you know, who, who you're popular, you got, they know what you got, they, you got the bag, all the ladies like you. Man, it's a lot of dudes out here that be envious, man. It's a lot of dudes out here that don't want to see you prosper or do nothing. So I just want y'all young brothers to be like, look, man, we got to take care of each other. We're going to move smarter. We're going to keep these circles tight. Everybody ain't going to have my number. Everybody ain't going to get the text, right? I can't do certain things, but I'm just glad that, that you weren't harmed and, and yes. Perion wasn't harmed because at the end of the day, I don't want to keep seeing these young black dudes out here dying when they got their whole life in front of them. And all you all you trying to do is just is just take care of you and your family. So I, I, I salute you. And uh, hopefully we can get that thing wrapped up, man. Thank you. I appreciate that. Thank you. Who's uh, who's going to win the softball home run contest? Is Miles is Miles coming down? Because I put my money on Miles. I think Miles is, is going to come down too. You know, with him, <laughs> I talked to him. He, he'll be he'll most likely be there. I got my money on myself. Honestly, that's just how I'm going to do it every time. <laughs> but Emmanuel Forbes actually got drafted out of you know out of um, high school, so oh. I really think he has a good chance yeah. of, of, of winning it. Did you play baseball in high school? Uh, not in high school, so I stopped playing in eighth grade. I played all the way up to eighth grade. Um, I played center field, and I was a leadoff hitter. Why, why, why did you have, why was this important to you? Why did you want to do this? Um, I think it just shows, first, just the love that I have for the city. Um, I feel like the fans deserve it. Fans always take care of me. So, you know, why would I not want something like this? Um, and I think it's just going to stamp exactly what I said. Like, this is a place that, you know, I want to be where I want to be at. This is a place that I want to be at for the, for my whole career. So I want to, for this not to be 
just the first annual. Like I want it to be an annual thing for me out here in Cleveland. Like I think, why why not it be me? You know what I'm saying? Um, I just kind of how I kind of how I feel about it. Like I really just want to show first that the fans deserve an event like this. You know they're doing it everywhere in Philly, you know, and a bunch of places. And I know in Cleveland the fan support is going to be so crazy because you know they support us no matter what. You know during the season, so why not? You know bring another event out here. Greg, top five. Before we send it to Mikey, doesn't have to be top five. Whatever. Best wide, re- best wide receivers in football right now. Not on your team. We'll leave out your teammates. Best okay. wide receivers that do not play for the Browns are Devontae Adams, Justin Jefferson, Tyreek Hill, Jamar Chase. Number five. Um, actually, I, I'm really going to – I'm going to say Jalen Waddle. Wow, okay. Yeah. It, I don't know if you've had to cover all those guys yet. Who's been the toughest cover for you? Toughest cover? Yeah. I, I didn't have to go against Devontae. Um, honestly, probably the toughest cover, I would probably say a guy like Deontay Johnson, obviously. Honestly. Really? Yeah. Very small, shifty – you know, can run the whole entire route tree. Um, he was definitely, he was definitely a tough cover. So I'll probably say Deontay. All right, Mike, go ahead. I got one real quick for you, Greg, and we got Gilbert Arenas coming up in a sec. Gilbert, if you could hear us on the back end, let us know you could hear us. We get you in here after Greg Newsom. But uh, Greg, with the home run derby coming up, do you have a home run celebration ready? And maybe is that a preview of your first interception celebration that we know is coming in 2023? I don't have a celebration. Actually, I do have a celebration. Actually, I do have a celebration. I got one ready. Now that I think about it, I got one ready. Any previews? No. Nah, uh-uh. I got no. it. I got it. You know, I got to show it for the first time out there. I had a try. And by, by the way, Greg, I got to get to this. This is the most important thing. You know, I care about who the best receiver is. They be asking t- whack questions. That was a whack question. That was a terrible question. We talking about last time you came it's on here. You showed, there, you showed me your shoe collection. I'm going to tell you what. I just popped a pair of them fours and another pair of twelves. I'm just letting you know. Now look, I mean, have you been laid off? I mean, have you been really stepping your game up in the offseason? What's the latest ones you done got? Latest hottest cakes you got last two months? Okay, so I've I've now I've completed the um the off white Air Force ones. So I just got the all green ones. Um and then all the, the new, all the new Travis Scott lows that came out. So the black ones, <laughs> and then like the olive, the olive ones. So those are the ones. Those are my. And then I just got the also I got the black and yellow fours. So them too. Listen, I don't appreciate that. See, I'm work, I got a worker's salary, bro. Don't tell me you're gonna tell oh, me you could have kept it down. This guy gonna tell me I got all the off white about it. <laughs> I got the whole collection that just. Look, do you, my my wife wouldn't let me. She told me to shut up. I said, them is the Jordan Scott. She said she don't care if it's the, the Jordan Scott's, the Travis Scott's, anybody Scott. <laughs> you ain't getting them. See, you dirty, bro. I, I see you. I'm working my way up there. Did you though. go see the movie Air about the start of the Jordan sneakers? No, my friend actually was just telling me about that yesterday. It was on, it's on Amazon Prime, so I'm going yeah. to watch it today. Yeah, you got to sure. check it out. Greg, we appreciate it, man. Again, the, the uh, softball event is June 24th. Everybody going out there, check it out. Classic uh, Auto Group Park in Eastlake. Gates open at 2. The Home Run Derby at 4. The softball game is at 5. 
at June the 24th. Everybody show up for that. We appreciate it, Greg. We'll, we'll be out there time. too, Greg, so we'll make sure we grab you again and uh, hopefully Thanks, we get that home run celebration on camera That's for right. the world to see. <laughs> Much sure, love. Appreciate you. Thanks, Greg. Thanks, Greg. Peace, King. Yep, we go from a current athlete to a former player. We got Gilbert Arenas in the queue. We are just confirming that we hopefully he can hear us. Okay. Gilbert, can you hear us yet? If not, we'll get you in one sec. Ahead, He's in the us. queue. We see him. He's here. It's a matter of making sure you can actually hear us. So I need you all to fill for 30 seconds as we uh, continue to work on these audio issues with Gilbert. It's not on his, and it's on. It's a VMix thing. So we're working on this. I need you to fill for one sec. Please. All right. So Gil Gilbert Arenas is now, like many former athletes in the podcasting world. He's yeah. been doing it for a while. Yeah. Know. Yeah, I shouldn't say now. He, like he just started it. He be but. keeping that real talk. Gilbert Arenas be saying stuff. I'm like, man, he sound like he's talking to his people <laughs> in, the, in the basement or something. He be keeping it 100. Shoot. And it's called the No Chill Podcast. I was listening to, I think it was his second to last episode. It came out sometime in May where he talked about John Morant. And obviously, he comes from a perspective of somebody that was in a similar situation yeah. involving guns. And so he's a, he was, it was fascinating to hear him talk about what happened with John Morant, but it'll be interesting to ask him about it as well. John would be wise to listen to people. Yeah. Like Gilbert Arenas. Yeah, absolutely. Um, but Willie, but when you're that age, are you willing to listen? Well, you know, G was just talking about, Hey, he wants to talk to the young guys out there, but, but when you're that age and you got money, well, I think you, the league is about hard to want to listen. I think the league is about to get his attention because yeah, Adam know. Silver said they weren't going to announce the suspension during the finals. They right. don't want to take, but that's over now. Hey, well, so I would imagine any day now we're going to hear John Morant's face. I'm a, I'm a big fan of the internet, right? Because you could teach somebody a lesson on the internet real quick by just showing them other people, like yo, like you got to think about. It. You could be riding around and you thought the gun was on safety, you hit a bump, boom, you yeah. might get killed. Like you yeah, don't, but you, you know, when you when you're 22, 23, you think you're invincible. Yeah. You know? So so th so therefore, my dad used to always say, "There's two people that'll teach you right. That's either the man upstairs gonna take care of you, Uncle Sam gonna take care of you, or the police will take care of you." Like at some point in time, you know, you could be doing something and you could be like, "Man, I'm cool. I'm straight. I'm," a, and then you get that that hit. That smack, like you talk about Steven Jackson. Steven Jackson talk about the reality check he got when Stern hit him with the, the with the malice in the palace. He said he had to reach out to cats. He said he had he had Isaiah Thomas reaching out, talking to Stern, because he was gonna be out of here. He thought his career was over. He was like, they had us on the they wanted to give us the indefinite suspension. And, you know, it just it goes to show you, like Jason said. Man, when you start seeing them O's and you start seeing them them games chopped down and for the first time in your life, you'd have been in gym every single day around your teammates and now you talk about 80 games, 60 games. You think Morant's going to be suspended for the whole year? Uh, I don't know if it'll be the whole year, but I think it'll probably be half. I think it'll at least be half. The, maybe. Maybe it's the whole year. I, I don't know, but probably and, at least half. I mean, he give him, if he give him... If you give them that, I guarantee ain't nobody else going to trade. They ain't trading down that, that because way. Because this this isn't a first offense type thing. Like, they, the league has tried right. to give them the benefit of the doubt once, and it didn't yeah. work. So, for that reason. Why would you I, videotape it if you were going to just do that? I don't, I, don't, I, don't, I don't think. So, here's a. Here, it, yeah. I explain this to somebody. Well, it was live. It was a live. It was a live. So, so, basically, all these young kids go live, and they do it or whatever the case yeah. may be. 
But John Moran wasn't the, the guy doing it live. It was it was his his dude. Right. And what good is being John Moran's guy if people yeah. don't know it's John Moran's guy? So you want to get clapped from stuff like that. So they put stuff on the internet so people know, hey, ain't you that dude that be, you got to be able to get something out of it, right? Yeah. So, you know, he put it up and it was just like, yo, that's, now we all looking crazy. Yeah. It's tough. Well, um, when you look at, by the way, Denver, I, I looked at the early odds for the NBA title. Yeah. And Denver's the third choice next year behind Boston. And I can't who the hell would the other team be? Could I, I be don't, the Lakers? Actually, I just had an email about that. Let's see if I can find it real quick. Yeah. Uh, I don't know how, like this, Denver, all their pieces, I believe, are coming back. Oh, this is sustainable. They're young. Yeah. Like, this, I don't know how you could have anyone other right, than Denver. How old is, ya- uh, not Giannis, how old is Jokic? Jokic, Jokic is 28, I think. So he's got two, he's, oh, he's got two, three good years left. Four, yeah, three so, or four. So here's the reason why. His game is so translatable as he gets older. He never wasn't athletic. So, right. so he, he's not winning with So athletic. it's like he's doing it all on skill. That's true. Like it ain't like he can't jump no more or he can't right. run past That's nobody. Not, those are right. not part of his game. Right. right. Like, man, I'm, I'm slowed he could, down. He could, he could play his game for a while. Yeah. Did you see that hilarious video of Stephen A. Smith was on with Rex Chapman and um, former uh, – Point guard, what's his name? Uh, Jay Williams. Was it Jay Williams? Yeah, Jay Williams. And Stephen A. Smith's like, I don't know when this was from. At some point this year, it might have not been like this week, but yeah. he's Jay. Stephen A. was like, Well, Jokic is not known for his inside game. Oh, I did see that. And Rex, and then both Rex and Jay Williams looked at him like, They what cooked are him. You talking about? Yeah, they cooked him with that numbers and everything. Funny. Yeah, yeah. That's an easy smackdown. Uh, it's yeah, not, it's not often you send Stephen A. scrambling, but yeah, he was, yeah, he was scrambling. They got him on that yeah, one. Yeah, they did. They, and they was waiting for it too. Yeah. <laughs> not, I, did I just say Rex Chapman? Yeah, yeah. Not Rex Chapman. I meant uh, the Chapman other white doesn't dude. work for you. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. The white dude doesn't ESP. I like Rex Chapman on Twitter. JJ Reddick. JJ Reddick. Yeah, yeah. JJ yeah. 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 Reddick much more likable post career than 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 career. I never minded him as a player. I I always. Like yeah. this game. No, I don't him. like but, good, but he's very good because yeah. he doesn't take anybody's crap. No, and he gives the he players rips, perspective. And he rips he, Stephen A. He, he goes after Stephen A. All Russo, the time. You know, and, he goes after and on top of that, yeah, he has a dope podcast too. His podcast is fire. Like, oh, yeah? yeah, he got one where he be like he get players on there to talk about like they was like Chris Paul. Why don't nobody like you? He said that. Yeah, like. He's what like, did Chris Paul say? Chris Paul's like, I'm not very likable. Like, I'll be saying stuff to players. Like, he talked about, they delved into the, the whole Blake Griffin dynamic yeah. with him. And, yeah. and, and he's just like, Chris is like, I'll be doing, I do a lot. Like, I'll be doing extra. And he actually, I give Chris Paul credit. He said, I do, I do so much of Beyond So Guys so much that I'm petrified about not winning a championship. Because, like, I mean, I won't have nothing to show for it. Like, not gonna win a chance. And so probably. it's like, look, hey, it's between him. If, if it was between Chris Paul and Kyrie, who you take with the Lakers? Kyrie. Really? I would take Kyrie. And you think LeBron would make if that? The, if, why? Like the the money could be far different on that. I just Wait, think. But why? Because Kyrie is a perfect fit next to LeBron. We've seen it. We've seen it's how the, well their game is. But you fit. don't have to worry about Chris Paul being a, a lunatic. I'm not. Le- I'm, we don't got to worry need, about it with LeBron. I need one year. I'm not talking ten years. I need one year. But Jason, this idea that that Kyrie no problem for one year. Yeah, yeah. 
I, I just don't buy that. With LeBron, you could get a year, you could get a year out of him. I don't you buy could it. get a year out of where he will be on his best behavior oh, for one year. That's all. I hope they. I hope they suck. <laughs> well, I don't. I mean, it's not happening yet. You know, we don't no, know how I'm this saying, is going to happen. I hope they just that is absolutely their own, suck. Basketball wise, that's the only way they're beating them. They, that's Denver. the way we beat Denver. I think you. I think you have a better chance of beating Denver with Kyrie than you yes. do Chris yes. at this stage of their careers. And I like Chris Paul. I like. I, I like him. It's, but it, it's that, not going to work. But it's true. Like when when Chris was up for Defensive Player of the Year all those years, guys around the league did not like him. They, they like did him. not Pre- like percentage chance that LeBron, AD, and Kyrie will all be healthy in the playoffs. Oh. 70, 80? You think so? Yes, because you man that's why we've already talked about the regular season doesn't no matter. matter. You manage AD them and all Kyrie year. We are extremely injury prone guys. You you manage them all year. And and now if something freak know. happens on March fifteenth, then I guess you're screwed. But you manage them all year to make sure they're ready on April sixteenth to give you two months. That's my, all you need. My analogy is this. We've we all seen rocket conversations, right? We've all seen meteors. End of days, there's a there's a huge comet coming to hit the planet. How do we save the planet, right? Right? I mean, you can sit here on Earth and be like, mm, I'll tell you why building, blowing this up with nuclear weapons don't work, right? I can tell you why we shouldn't just move it out the way, try to use thrusters or something, yeah. right? But the answer is not sitting there, not trying nothing. Well, fu- no, I don't disagree. I, I, don't, I, I get why the Lakers would want to do it. Right. I just don't think it will work, just don't and think I don't work. want it to work. Oh, okay, there it is. I like but, that. But it makes sense to try it. Yeah, you're right. Yeah. You know, ultimately, in the end, you're right. Yeah, you're I don't agree with, with your percentage on them staying healthy because I just think Kyrie has all these freak injuries. And yeah, it, he and does. AD. He does. But again, you don't care if he's hurt in December. You don't care. Is LeBron liked by uh, guys? Uh, is he liked by guys? I, I mean, AD obviously doesn't like him, right? I think. Does AD like LeBron? I don't know. I'm not there. If you if you uh, if you are all time great, no one likes you. No one liked Kareem. No one liked Kobe. Yeah, but, no they, one but liked that's Jordan. not true because there are guys who have played with LeBron, yeah. like Mike Miller and James Jones are his guys. Yeah, he, they love LeBron. They guys, because they're if, slappies. No. no if not. you are LeBron's guy, if you are on the opposite side of LeBron, like if you Deion Waiters, sorry, he well, we don't like you. But uh, you know how you're LeBron's guy? Make a shot when he gives you the ball. No, no, yeah. but the other, do your job. Do the other stars that play with him like him? Does Kevin Love like him? It's, it feels like Kevin Love hates him and loves him. At the it same depends time. on which day you ask him. Right. It's those two are kind of all over the place. Yeah. And I think now that they've been apart for a few years, the relationship's probably better. Right. When they were together every day. <laughs> I think yeah, they both wanted to strangle. What about the other. Wade and Bosch? Do we know? Uh, I, yeah, Bosch was. I think they. I think they like him. Okay. Now I, I think that last year he was here. That was a much different team, and I think yeah. there were a lot of guys on that team that didn't particularly enjoy playing with LeBron because it's a very specific style. Right. And if you can, if you can make a set three-point shot from the corner, he's going to make you a lot of money in I, your career. I think w- watching the Lakers play was boring ass basketball. Watching the Nuggets play. Oh, the Lakers had some great games. They they had some terrific games in this postseason. Jason, the back and forth. I thought there was now Denver plays a fun style. Yeah. Yes, totally agree. But some of those Lakers Grizzlies games were yeah. terrific. I'm trying. Who else did they play? Doesn't it seem like the Lakers players all love Magic and the Celtics players all love Bird? Or am I crazy? I the, feel like the Lakers love players love Magic. Yes. Yes. Like Byron Scott yeah. loved Magic. All those guys. And it's it's just that. But Magic always had a smile on his face, right. and he was always but hugging Bird everyone. Didn't. I feel like his teammates all liked him too. Uh, I don't know, but it, Mike, Michael wasn't very well liked. No, Michael wasn't. And I'm some not sure teammates. Kobe was very well liked. No. So they're like they're, they're, nobody like like 
if you that good, you're going to demand stuff that people aren't going to naturally want to do. Like Kobe said, notoriously said, all right, I was Allen Iverson said he was hanging out with Kobe and Allen Iverson said I'm going to the club every night, but I, I was good enough to come back and hit you for 40. Kobe was addicted to the process. He said he'd get up at four o'clock, work to six o'clock, go have breakfast, take two hours off, go back and train some more, another hour and a half, get some treatment, go get some food, come watch film for an hour. Mike, Crazy. what do you got? Listen, there, there are fighters, there are survivors, there are people who overcome the odds, and we have done that despite the technical <laughs> difficulties here. Oh, we got here. Gilbert. There he is. With our guy Gilbert Arenas yes, in sir. his new podcast, which he hosts with Josiah Johnson. Gil's Arena airs live three days a week, Tuesday, Wednesday, and Thursday, 1130 Pacific Time, 1230 Eastern Time as part of the Underdog Content Network. It's available on the iHeartRadio app and everywhere else podcasts are heard. And with that... It is the three-time All-Star, three-time All-NBA performer, Gilbert Arenas. Gilbert Arenas. Got to give it to him. You got you. Hey, I'm gonna tell you, I'm gonna tell you this, brother. You got the realest podcast I done heard. Like it feel like I be on my back porch, like and people be the OGs is talking. He be you be you be kicking it real. Like I'm like I don't, I don't know how they let him get away with that. Uh, <laughs> thank you. I appreciate. It. I appreciate it. I, in fact, I was Gilbert. I was listening to your. I think it was two podcasts ago that you put out where you were sometime in May when you talked about John Morant, obviously from your perspective and your experience, I thought it was fascinating listening to that conversation. If you could share with some of our fans, you know, I, all our fans should go back and listen to it. I think it was about an hour or 50 minutes, but uh, not that the whole podcast was about that, but the beginning of it was, and I thought it was really interesting. If you can give us, you know, some of your thoughts on like your perspective on John Morant, based on your experience in life and where you are now and what your advice yeah, think, would be. You know, just like you can see Zion, you know, is, is going through it. You know, I think sometimes, you know, when we when we grow and, you know, the adults are judging, we judge from our experience to where we are now versus who we were at that same age. Right. So, you know, some of the knucklehead things we did at 21, 22, 23. Now you add 200 million, you add fame, you are you add the God mentality to it. You know, it makes, you know, individuals do dumb things. Um, And, you know, as a person who was older than him doing stupid stuff, (laughs) I can really say, eh, right. It's it's a it's. He needs someone who's been in a situation, who's learned how to be a star. No one's taught him how to become a star. No one's taught him how to, you know, embrace, you know, this role of a face of something. So he's learning as it goes. um, And that's the problem. I think, you know, um, the NBA or, you know, mostly the NBA because the kids are coming in younger, that there needs to be someone that teaches them how to 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 be in this role there's things you can't do anymore you can't be normal you can't go to the club you can't hang out with certain friends you just can't do certain things anymore because of who you are and no one really teaches us that we have to just live and learn um you know everyone's not fortunate like kobe was where you know he's going to the laker organization they've had magic they've had super mega stars so they have a foundation to protect the image. Um, Same thing with someone like LeBron. You know, LeBron was, you know, 
grateful enough to have, you know, um, people around him that understood the bigger purpose. Um, but for the most, no one, no one has a team that's smart enough that understands that there's a bigger goal than just right now being 21 having fun. You know, Gilbert, I, 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 there's so many questions I, w- I would like to ask. So I'm, I'm going to go with a basketball question. Um, I'm trying to, I'm having a very difficult time figuring out where Joker is at. Um, Jokic obviously had an opportunity to become a three-time MVP. He won a championship last night. Um, you know, his, his legacy seems to be all over the place. But one thing I keep coming back to is, do you think he would be perceived differently if he was black? Black basketball being an NBA sport where it's predominantly African American. If if you reversed it and, and Joker was African American and he was doing what he was doing now, do you think he'd be perceived as at a higher level, or you think it would be the same? I I, I think it would be the same. Um, you would think that he has more of an advantage because he's not black, but you know it's still the Tim Duncan. Um, type of game where it doesn't look appealing to the masses, right? The youth. So um, if he was in LA, it would be a little bit bigger. It would be a little bit, you know, he's in Denver, you know, you know, Denver, um, you know, Cleveland, unless you are a high flying guy is, is just not a sellable type of thing. Um, when it comes to just his skill, listen, what he does, he does great, right? When you're talking about a basketball player, he is a basketball player. He is the Tim Duncan. He is the the bird, the dirt, the um, the Carl Malone, the Michael Jordan after he started winning, the Magic Johnson. He is the 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 legacy of what a true basketball player is. I think we've been so used to watching athletes go out and run, dunk, and you know, fly that when it came to, when it comes to just the pure the pure the pure game of basketball, he is a basketball player, which is the reason he went in second round because they don't know what they're looking at anymore. Mm-hmm. There, you know, all these drills are one on one, one by himself. He's a five on five player. Put put five on five. And then tell him to be great. That's what he does, and you can't measure that in in, in the draft. Gil, we have a mutual acquaintance, uh, Dave McMenamin. I know someone from your past who helped you with your blog on NBA.com. is a good friend yes. of mine. We covered the Cavs together for four years when LeBron returned, and I texted Dave this morning and said you were coming on. He said to ask you about what you knew was going on behind the scenes in LA when they were trying to get Chris Paul and Dwight Howard. <laughs> So no one really knew I was like in the middle of that somehow. Mm. So after the after the lockout, um, this would have been 2011, the, right? 2011 yeah, lockout. Yeah, 2011. Yeah. So I'm I'm hearing. So I'm in Orlando. So I'm hearing about you know Dwight wanting out, right? Dwight wants out of here. Um. So he wants to go to L.A. So. You know, because I'm getting amnesty, they're trying to figure out if they should amnesty me or force Los Angeles to take my bad contract, and they have to amnesty me. Um, on the other end, Chris Paul has made a little deal where he's in L.A. So if you look at the timeline, <laughs> um, I think I got, I think um, Paul got rejected. I got amnesty. Um, Dwight 
said he ain't coming back, right? So what ends up happening is Chris Paul is being traded for um, Odom and Gasol. It's a straight-up trade, which means there's some, there's some money coming back to L.A. And then on the back end um, is the white for Bynum. Well, all of it seems great. It would have been a great deal. But I think what happened is when Mark Cuban found out how much money was left over for the Lakers, which is back then, you know, you're talking about about 25 million, 24 to 25 million dollars. You're talking about two max players if you start them off about 12 million dollars each, right? So if you start them off at about 12 million, 12, 12 and a half, you could have got LeBron James and Bosch. <laughs> Those are the type of that's how much money was left over. So wow. you would have Kobe, LeBron, James, Bosch, Dwight Howard, Chris Paul. You got the USA team. And then when Kobe's contract's up, that's another 25, 24 million that's coming off the books where they didn't even need Kobe at that point. They could have got, you know, Durant and whoever. You know, it would have been a 10 year window before anybody would have like came close to um competing with that group. And that's what the rest of, well, that's what Mark Cuban complained about. Like we had a lockout. The lockout was about big names in small markets and we're getting rid of them. And as soon as the lockout is over with, you get rid of Chris Paul because the NBA owned the Charlotte, Bob, yeah. or the Charlotte Hornets at the time or New Orleans Hornets at the yeah, time. Yeah, New Orleans. Yeah. So that's yeah, why, so that's why David- the deal was over. Huh? That's why David Stern rejected the deal because they were afraid that the Lakers would open up two max slots then after the trade to go get top free agents. No, the, the, the David Stern didn't give nothing, to, no cares about that. It was the rest of the owners. Who, That's what I'm saying. Who said, yeah, yeah. yeah you know, David Stern, it, it, listen, you know, I don't know if it's like that in like football or baseball, but when it comes to the NBA, Lakers, um, Chicago, Boston, the, 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 the NBA is doing very well when those three teams are playing well. So, you know, giving Lakers that, you know, that, that, uh, Chris Paul and making that happen would have did great for the NBA, but, um, the rest of the owners wasn't having it. Mark Cuban was not having that trade. Hmm. Yeah, but we know That's that. We know that the league doesn't give a give a shit about the Cavs, certainly here in Cleveland, but we care about the Cavs. We were excited about it last season. They they trade for Donovan Mitchell. We're pumped. They had a, a really good regular season, but they flamed out in the playoffs. They lose to the Knicks. We thought they were better than the Knicks. Donovan Mitchell didn't play particularly well in the playoffs. You know, Jared Allen completely disappeared. What do you think about this Cavs team? Is it a situation where we got to be patient and give them more time, although we're worried that Donovan Mitchell is going to leave? Or do you think they need to change things up to be uh, a, a real contender in the playoffs? You know, right now, you, I mean, you have Donovan Mitchell. Um, can you get a bigger guard uh, for Garland or get rid of Garland and get a guard that can play the two? Um, you have great pieces. You 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 want them to develop. I think we're in a we're, we're in a stage where you know everyone thinks their team needs to be great right now. Um, you have young pieces. Um, you need to really like everyone should really look at small market teams should look at actually what Miami did, even though Miami is a big market team, where no one's coming to save you. 
There's not going to be some miracle trade that happened. So you have to develop within. Those guys need to be on a three. Like, you treat these kids like college teams, right? You're going to come in here three, four times a day. You're going to work on your skills. It's easy. We're in Cleveland. Where are you going? You know, three, four times a day. Let's get better today. Um, you know, the, the group is, you know, very talented, very big. You know, the problem is just unexperienced. In the playoffs, listen, in the playoffs, um, the regular season is like training camp. I mean, they're like training wheels, right? In, 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 that, in the first round of the playoffs, just take, take, take it off and let's see what you can do. Um, everyone's paying attention to you. Um, everyone knows your scouting report. They know what you can do good. They know what you can do bad, right? They know all your plays. So when the playoffs happen, you have to be great. You, there's no room for... Uh, being okay in the playoffs. You have to be great in the playoffs. You know, Gilbert, um, we've been through this a couple times. I get frustrated sometimes because the fans in smaller markets, they, they don't learn from their mistakes in the past. Like, you know, I tell people, like, you know, these young kids, you know, they're coming into the league and they got money. Um, they want to be in certain cities. They want to move a certain type way. And we're like, oh, they're they're not looking, you know. We're like, come on, no, that's we had LeBron, we had Kyrie, I, I can even say Carlos Boozer, like he he was like, I've been signed, but he rolled out. So my thing is, when you look at Donovan Mitchell and you got two years left, and he he's sitting there talking to Jason Tatum after the game, hugging him and I say, yo, these guys, he wants to tell you, I feel like I'm in that upper S line. Do you believe that the Cavs would legitimately, if they don't win a championship or go to the finals? have a legitimate shot at keeping a guy like Donovan Mitchell, even though he's from New York? And to be honest, it all depends on the player themselves, right? Um, you know, like, no one loved, like, going to Toronto. All play, all Americans hated Toronto. DeMar DeRozan loved Toronto, right? He, he, he was the diehard Toronto guy. Um, Here's my advice for just all small market teams. It's you're going up against giants when you're talking about New York, when you're talking about Golden State, Miami's, Boston, Los Angeles, right? You're dealing with big markets. So what that means is there has to be systems inside the small markets that entices the player, right? Um, where he feels that the city is just as equal. I mean, you know, if they got, you know, 20-inch screen TVs in, you know, the um, in the Lakers locker room, you might need 45s, right? You you just <laughs> you right. need to overdo it on the little things because that's that's where it is. It's the real. It's really the little things, right? Like, you know, I was saying, like, you know, with like a, a, a person like Dan Gilbert, right? You have you have situations in like hotels and condos and um you know things where you can build you can build and your freshmen's or your rookies first four-year players can live there for free mm. you don't spend no money it's on the team right that's saving the player money um that seems like you know that's that that's an advantage that the, the the players have it's like you have to really like like roll down the red carpet when you're in small cities and it's it really doesn't cost you much 
and you have this player that really values what you did for him versus looking at money. Let's go to Mikey McNuggets. Gilbert, appreciate you working through these uh, technical difficulties with us. Usually we wrap up at one, but because we have an A-list guest like you, we're going a right. little longer. This is our overtime today, oh. so appreciate you sticking on with us for a few minutes here. <laughs> it's no a two-part question, Gilbert. I know it's bad journalism, so bad job out of me already. But you played against LeBron for essentially a decade, and you saw kind of two different versions of LeBron. The beginning of his career, the super athletic guy. Then you saw the beginning of his Miami career when he kind of embraced the villain personality. Which version of LeBron was better to you? And I heard you on a different podcast say LeBron was the smartest guy you've ever played against. Can you give us a little example of maybe what made him think about basketball and see the game in a different way than most people who ever walked this planet? Yeah, see, when I um, – I, I consider myself a student of a game, right? I'm watching the details, the, uh, the habits, human behavior. You know, like if I'm going right and he can jump, you know, I know if I pump fake, he's going to get off the feet. Like, I look at all of that, right? So um, that was my gift, right? That I can, I can, you know, look at game tape, process it fast in the game. So when I met LeBron, you know, 18, 19, and um, I'm, at, I'm at his condo. I don't know if that was downtown. And I'm watching, you know, he has the TVs on a wall with the TiVo inside of the TV. So he has screens inside screens. And he's watching NBA, two type of NBA games as on. You know, he's watching girls basketball, high school basketball, soccer. Like, he's watching it all. He's like a computer that was just processing information. Um, and... I remember it was like game, it was probably game four, maybe. Um, game, it, it was it was, it was was a game, in, we, was, we was in Cleveland, and game five, I think it was game five, we're in Cleveland. And, you know, I'm watching game tape, trying to figure out how does he keep doing what he's doing, what's going on, and I caught a signal. And the signal was he decoys at the beginning of the game. So he Jimmy Butler's it at the beginning of the game. He gave a signal to coach. <laughs> and yeah, the I like takeout, that. Yeah, the takeout Elgowskis. And when I seen him look over, they're subbing Elgowskis in, which made our coach sub out our big man. And when we did that, LeBron became very aggressive, which ended up happening at the end of the game when he's scoring his buckets. Our big man's not there because he took his big man out and we just followed suit. <laughs> um, little things like that was catching my eye. And then watching his game, he stayed away from his weaknesses and only focused on the strengths, um, which, which is called intelligence, right? He's not trying to prove that he can do something that he's not good at yet. So while everyone's saying, oh, he's not taking the last shots, well, he wasn't good at it yet. So he wasn't going to force and lose games trying to prove everybody wrong. That is intelligence. Um, so watching, watching the development of him, when I say which player I like the best, I'll say today's LeBron. Because now you have a guy at the end of his, his, his journey with all the information that he's uh, processed over the years and still using it, which still gives him the edge. Like you're talking about a 38, 39 year old guy 
averaging 26, 27 points a game is just unreal. And I tell people, if this is what he looks like today, imagine what he was moving like at 2021. <laughs> Sick. It is crazy. Like we've the only player I could think of that was still excellent at this age was Kareem, right? I mean, Kareem was great late into his third. Not maybe not quite as great as LeBron, but he was great. I mean, into Kareem, his late thirties. I mean, Kareem was great. I don't think he averaged fourteen. 15. I mean, this guy got right, but I'm, thirty. Yeah, but like was, Kareem's the only one in the 17. conversation. I mean, it's just it's absurd. As someone who played the game at such a high level, you were a great player. It, 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 it's impossible for me as a, a regular fat guy to understand how LeBron can do this. But as someone that played the game at the highest level, how crazy is it that he's still this good at an age when almost every other great player is out of the game? And, and when we're talking about different, like Kareem said in the block, right? right? He's a block player. So yeah. it's not like he's speeding through players, bullying through players, driving, blocking shots, running a fast break. I mean, he still is moving. I mean, when we're considering up and down speed, he's, he still might be top five in the NBA, which is insane for his age. So when you're talking about slowing down and becoming a half-court player, what are we talking about? 42, 43? Like, even if he starts learning how to play the post and become a post player, he will have an advantage in that spot too when he slows down. So it's it's sickening, but it lets you know, like, how great he was. It, it lets you know, look at the teams he had when he went up against the Spurs, when he was going up against Boston, when he was going up against Detroit. It was literally a one-man show and it was taking the five or the team to actually defeat de defeat him because he was just that much better than everyone else at what he was doing. All right. Go, he go was right. literally a Bugatti. Hmm. <laughs> <laughs> Nuts. I'm gonna, to the rest of us. I'm going to ask you this is the final question we get out of here. I think sometimes people be underestimating how good NBA players are and they just naturally um, be like, oh, that guy's garbage. Who is the best garbage player you ever played against? Like some, <laughs> like 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 somebody who people the public thinks is garbage, but it was unreal. And you were like, you don't know how good this guy was. Okay, so Nick Young, right? Yeah. When I when I when I seen Nick Young work out, I remember calling my dad and said, Jesus, like the kid from the valley, um, he mimics everything Kobe can do, right? Like fade away up and unders his natural thought process is unreal um if you ever seen nick in the summer he <laughs> was dominating the league like the the ones we're calling the goats right. he was eating through same thing with someone like ben simmons in the yeah. summer in, in a few weeks he will be destroying all like he's always every year top one, top three player uh, in the summer. LeBron, Kyrie, Kevin Durant, Booker, Kawhi, James Harden, Trey Young. Like he is destroying these guys. It's you know when you get to the NBA, it's it's the difference between being a hooper and being a basketball player. Mm. Um, he's he's hooping. There's no rules. There's no structure. There's no coaching. There's no game plan. So he gets to just play his natural style, which is amazing.
Um, he shoots the ball. He does all that. I, I personally think his problem is um, depth perception. You know, you know, you play in, you know, gyms and you get yeah. used to shots when you open up arenas. I think it messes with, you know, how far the rim really is. And I don't think he spends enough time in the arenas working on a shot. But, you know, those are two players that people are like, eh. But, you know, like, there's bench players on in the NBA that will literally give you 50 a night. Damn. Just get, just they go out there and give you yeah. like Jamal Crawford will go out there and give you a fifty if you let him. It is amazing. You know, it, it, some of the things you were saying there were reminding me of like when non-players are in movies and basketball movies. And I'm curious when it comes to basketball movies, white men can't jump, Hoosiers, blue chips, that new Adam Sandler movie, Hustle. What is the best or realistic basketball movie? One of those, or maybe there's something else I'm not even, I'm not even mentioning. Oh, we lost Gilbert. He probably got a text. I'm hoping he pops back up in a sec. If not, uh, uh, he's coming. I'm hoping. We're guessing. He hated your question. <laughs> he hated your question. He because, said they all sucked. Because you didn't put he got game in there. Oh, and he, I, he's back. Yep, we got him. We and got he him. got uh, game. I left out he got game. Um, I would personally, I love every single one. I will say for a, a Hooper. Um, blue chips because it was real players. Yeah. Like it, you had all the real players in there, you know, watching, you know, I was a Penny fan then. So, mm. you know, watching Penny, watching Butch, mm-hmm. right. Um, you know, I would, I would consider that movie for just the hoop community, okay. that one, but you know, above the rim would be a great one because of the actors. Yeah. Um, uh, is one of the original, yeah. you know, movies. I like, um, like Mike. <laughs> <laughs> Because I was I was at the All Star game when it was when it was filming it. Right. Oh. Yeah. So I was like kind of in the movie a little bit right. as a an extra. Who was the white dude in uh, in Blue Chips? He was a real player. That guy. I can't think who that was. Like he had Shaq. the big guy. No. No, he was the big guy. No. Yeah. No, right. Butch McCray was Penny. Yeah. And then Neon. Shaq. Neon. Yeah, Neon Badeau. Boudreaux. Yeah, not Neon. Uh, it was the guy from Indiana. No, he wasn't. Uh, yeah. Bobby Knight in that. You had Rick Pitino. It was amazing. Gilbert, we thank thank you, man. Keep keep up the great work Appreciate with your you, awesome man. podcast, the No Chill Podcast. And and his new show, and let's plug yeah, it one more ahead. time because Gilbert was so uh, helpful with us. It is the Gills Arena, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, 2.30 Eastern Time, 11.30 Pacific Time. It's Gilbert Arenas and Josiah Johnson, part of the Underdog Content Network, available on the iHeartRadio app and wherever you listen to your podcast. Gilbert Arenas, the legend. Thank Thanks, you again. Man. Thanks, man. Thanks. Uh, thank you for having me. We appreciate it. He was awesome. That was great. And he that's was. Your, and that's your show and your overtime. And your overtime. Yep. You uh, got lucky. Look at that, Jim's. If you, if this is a great time to tell them why, McNuggets, you should be doing overtime content. Yeah, that's about as good overtime as you're going to get. And it right. was for everybody. We will see everyone tomorrow. Big show. Tyvis will be in. We'll have some fun. Spot. We'll see you tomorrow. Peace. Peace.